Mr. Sam Pope has a special. Oh. 
Brother Sam, open your Bibles tonight to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I want to speak tonight on a, the subject, a church ready and willing to go to work. A church ready and willing to go to work. So many times in life, uh, we, we miss the opportunity because we're not ready or we're not willing a lot of times we know what's right and we're not ready or we're not willing. We want to, a lot of times uh, churches, companies, marriages, people do not accomplish what they know they should do because they're not ready and they're not willing. We, we may want to find blame or fault in other places. We may want to point the blame. A lot of times, though, the main blame is with ourselves, with ourselves. And so here, and there's 24 verses in this chapter, we're going to just hit some highlights. Before we begin, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for this opportunity tonight to stand before your people. I do not deserve... Uh, anything that you have given but dear lord it's only by your grace that we are here tonight father we look to you and seek you help us to desperately seek you in jesus name amen verse one second corinthians eight moreover brethren we do you to wit, that means to know, of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. I want to key in this very first point. The end of verse three, it says they were willing of themselves. That's it. Very first thing. If if our church and if we as God's people are going to do anything, if I'm going to do anything, I've got to be willing. I've got to be willing to say, I will. But have, have you ever noticed that a lot of times, you know, uh, whenever we uh, <clears throat> have a position to fill here at Promised Land, uh, most of the time it's, are there any nominations? What if we have everybody say, I'm a willing volunteer. What if everybody in the church stood up? I want that position. I want that position. Well, 
Being like, well, I'm sorry, we, I've just got too many volunteers at Promised Land. I got too many volunteers. I got excited one time. I was preaching a revival in um, Pasadena, Texas Fellowship, Missionary Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. And uh, they were, um, and I, I heard the preacher say something about they were about to start Vacation Bible School. And uh, all of our Vacation Bible School directors may, may get a kick out of this, and I think I might have shared this story before. And, uh, but anyway, it's, it's great because it's cool. And they said, uh, we've got our Vacation Bible School list in the foyer. It's on the bulletin board, and if you want a position, and the preacher punched me. He said, and we had the dismissal prayer, he said, uh, just keep one eye open during the prayer. I said, what? You know, the dismissal prayer preacher standing back there. We're supposed to, you know, Brother Norman calls on somebody to dismiss. And, and so I normally bow my head. But at this church, he punched me. He said, keep one eye open and be watching. He said, so during the prayer, people started sneaking down the aisles to the foyer to sign the list before anybody else could get there. And uh, I, I was totally blown away. I did not know what he was getting at. So people were sneaking down during the prayer to get to the list first, to sign the list for Vacation Bible School. That's what that is. They were what? They were willing of themselves. So we're going to go ahead and take a look at some more highlights here. Skip on down to verse 5 as we see this here. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord unto us by the will of God. Now that is a powerful passage right there. What passage? But first gave their own selves to the Lord. Before you can serve and before a church can get on fire for God, before we can do anything, you got to give yourself to the Lord first. You got to give yourself to Him. You got to be able to say, I'm willing, and then I'm giving myself to the Lord, then I'm going to give myself to the work. So they gave their own selves to the Lord. Now, skip down to verse 8. Verse 8 says this, uh, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. Wait a second here. To prove the sincerity of, of their love? Of your love, their love. How do you do that? Well, all of you know how to do that. Did you know your husband and your wife, your family member can tell you all day long that they love you? And uh, a lot of times, uh, <clears throat> one time uh, Karen and I went through this. She would, uh, and most guys, we, you know, we just, it doesn't matter. We try, but we're in trouble anyway. We're in trouble. <laughs> Karen would say, Karen would say, honey, baby, 
sugar pie, honey bunch, sweet bunch, whatever she'd say. She'd say, I love you. And I'd say, I love you too. Well, you only said that because I said it. Well, I got to think to say it first. But then if you say it first, guys, I love you, then they say, what do you want? So I'm like, well, if I say it first, and then if I say it second, okay. But how do you prove your love by your actions? How do you prove? You can say it till the cows come home. You can say it till Jesus comes. But you prove it by the way you live your life. By the way you, so it says here, a sincere love. And the Bible talks about this in other places. The Bible says it this way in another place. It says unfeigned love. Now I know that's old English. Unfeigned means not faked. If you feign it, you fake it. So unfeigned love. So to prove the sincerity of our love, a church that's willing to go to work for Jesus, give yourself to the Lord and show others that you love. Do it with your actions. Be willing to go to work and show it with your actions. Verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, Yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty, that means, what poverty? Thought God owned everything. Yeah, yeah, but Jesus became poor so that you could have a home in heaven. He took upon himself the form of a servant. Well, moving on down, verse 10. This verse 10 and 11. Let's just read verse 10. This is very interesting. We get some uh, pretty neat stuff right here. And again, what is this? What is this all about? A church that's willing and ready to go to work. A church that's willing and ready or ready and willing. Verse 10, and herein I give my advice. Boy, anytime Paul says that, we better pay attention. For this is expedient or necessary for you. Who have begun before, not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. And what that means is, in verse 10, for this is expedient or necessary for you who have begun before. And not only, but about, about uh, to be forward about a year ago. Verse 10 is basically saying, about a year ago, some of y'all got started. About a year ago, hey, do y'all remember when you first got saved, when you first got started? Or do you remember one time when you were saved, but then you kind of lackadaisical, just went through your life, and there's really no zeal, there's really no want to, but then you you rededicated your life to the Lord. Or you, re, or maybe you didn't rededicate, you dedicated your life to the Lord. Or maybe it was during a revival, or something else happened, or even some somehow God got your attention. God said, it's time to go to work. So about a year ago, some of them got started. Because notice what happened next. They got started in verse 10 and then verse 11. Now therefore perform the doing of it. Hey, you can can do this all day long. 
You said what you said about a year ago. You were going to get started for the Lord. What does verse 11 say? Get after it. You know, Nike's got a slogan, just do it. I think that's an old slogan. They don't may, may, may not even use that slogan anymore, but it's a good slogan. Just do it. Okay, you said you were going to get after it. You said you were going to serve the Lord. What does verse 11 say? Get after it. That's exactly what it says. Now, therefore, perform the doing of it, that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance. I like that. I remember whenever I tore down my first uh, 350 Chevrolet motor in it, put an Edelbrock Performer intake, Edelbrock Performer exhaust, Edelbrock 650 CFM carburetor on top of that. If that's foreign language to so you, the mechanics know what I'm talking about. Man, I was all into it, and then we had to put a new cam in it, and we had to break it in. We had pulled an all-nighter, and uh, it was 7.30 a.m. Saturday morning, me and Stephen Clark <clears throat> getting ready to, and I want to bust this thing off. Of course, we had uh, open headers on it. I mean, I want to, and I, I had a neighbor next door, Joe Eckenrode, his retired deputy. So here's the preacher visiting to bust off open headers at 7 a.m. on Saturday morning. And if you don't know what that sounds like, it's loud. And you're supposed to hold that those RPMs on to break in that camshaft at certain, I don't remember what it was, 2,000 RPMs, forever how long. I said, let's do it. Because I couldn't wait to hear it. Joe come running out of the house in his underwear. He saw it was me, and he just turned around and shook his head and walked back inside. And he asked me later, what in the world were you thinking? I said, I don't, I wasn't. You know, most guys, that's usually the case, especially when you're in your 20s. You're not thinking. And uh, anyway, that was, I wanted to see, I wanted to hear and see the performance of that motor. Did y'all know that's exactly the Lord's looking at you? He's work. Remember the children's song? We've sang it during Bible school for a gazillion years. He's still working on me. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Took him just a week to make the moon and stars. But guess what? If he's still working on you, guess what he wants to see now? The performance. The performance. He's ready. And he's ready. I mean, he's, he's tuned you up. He's worked on you. He's got the Holy Spirit convicting power. Edelbrock performer motor. He's ready for you to go to work. And you. Well, I need a new battery or something. Yeah, a lot of us need new, new something. Because God's trying to crank us up. And we running on low octane or something or another. I don't know. But it says right there, the performance. Then it says, go to work. What does it say in verse 11? That verse 11 is loaded, isn't it? Hmm. Verse 12. For if there be first a willing mind. Whoa. Not only do I have to be over here ready, but I have to be willing. Notice it said, he put it, I like whenever somebody lines it up for me. Look here, what does it say? First, 
First, a what? A willing mind. Hmm. It is accepted according that a man hath and not according that he hath not. Give what you have. God will take care of the rest. Now we're going to skip on down. Y'all have done great. Thank you for hanging in there with me. Skip on down to verse 22. Kind of wrap it all up right here. So, man, that's just loaded. I I need to be ready. I need to be willing to go to work. I've I've got a job to do. Just do it. Verse 22, and we have sent them, or sent with them, our brother, whom we have oftentimes proved diligent in many things, but now much more diligent upon the great confidence which I have in you. Man, I sent some guys to help you. And hey, listen, verse 23 I'm also sending not only these brothers in Christ, but I'm going to send Titus. He's going to stop by, and he may stay at y'all's church a while, and he may teach you. And you say, I've never heard of Titus. Who's Titus? He says, he is my partner and fellow helper concerning you, or our brethren be inquired of, they are messengers of the churches. In other words, all those other people that I send, they're helping me too. Wherefore, show you to them and before the churches, the proof of your love. Folks, when people come into our church, they should see the proof of our love. When visitors come into our church, they should see the proof of our love. And folks, and if somebody comes, and it's kind of like this. A lot of times churches want to do it all on their own. A lot of times people want to do it all on their own. They never want to ask for help. Guess what? A church that's on fire for the Lord, a church that's ready and willing I'm always looking for help. Hey, we need some volunteers. I can't do this job by myself. And guess what? Paul was oftentimes, guess what he was doing always? Training other people to take his spot. Do you have anybody? to? Are you working with anybody? Are you encouraging anybody to take your spot? Nobody in this church is irreplaceable. I'm not irreplaceable. Nobody in this church is irreplaceable. A lot of times you think, well, I can't be replaced. The Lord, he's got a, he can make a gazillion more just like you're even better than you. And he can, guess what? Paul, and it's kind of like this new seminary we started here. You're always should be, and our church should be pouring new life into new people Pouring the Word of God into them. Guess what Paul was always doing? He was always replicating himself. He was always training others. Coming along, and he says, I'm going to send them over there to you. And when they get there, you say, I never met Titus. Who's his mom? Who's his dad? It don't matter. Paul said, I've sent him. He sent Timothy uh, to the church at Ephesus and so on and so forth. He said, I need some help. And these guys I'm training, Apollos and Titus and Timothy and all these other guys and John Mark later on. And guess what? Folks, we cannot do the work on our own. We've got to be working with young people. And a lot of times when you stop trying to replicate yourself, like I was teaching that new class, the news topic, I mean, We don't need to become a deceased church. We don't want to become a deceased church. We need to be teaching and training others to take over the reins. Entrust them. Let them make mistakes. Be there to help guide them. Pick them up. They will. But it's the only way. 
And it doesn't mean quit. Well, I turned it over to them. Now's their time. Now I can sit back and do nothing. No. Find somebody else and pour into them. And keep say, well, I, they're doing great. Okay, I need to find somebody else. I need to find somebody else to work with. And you get them going. Well, I don't care if I'm 195. I'm going to find somebody else. And I'm going to work, work with them, work with them, work with them until the Lord calls me home. I try to encourage people and trust people as we prepare for a hymn invitation. Father, as we bow our heads, we thank you for this opportunity here tonight to see how this church, and of course, as we look deeper into it, we know the church at Corinth had a lot of ups and downs and a lot of struggles. Paul's trying to work with them and help them, encourage them. And Father, that you would encourage us. I thank you for every opportunity that you give us. Help us to be ready and willing to go to work. In Jesus' name, amen.